When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Two minutes past on this Saturday, 8th day of April, 2022. Are we in 2022 or 2023? That's a legit question. Harvey, help me out, please. (laughs) We're off to a good start, aren't we? Oh, baby. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Taking it right up until high noon on this Saturday. We are back. We are live. And we got a lot of stuff we got to check off the list here at 800-919-3776. Check me out on Twitter at Dan Grasso. We got Joe Leo. We got Harvey Cruz producing the program today. All by our lonesome today. No more uh, Rick. No more Ray, no more RJ. Had a fun time hanging out with my guys all week long uh, on the morning show here. But we'll keep you company here because we still got a lot of things we got to check off the list this weekend. Mets and Yankees had mixed results yesterday with the Mets taking care of business in a chilly, cold, dark home opener at City Field. You know, somebody told me that the weather was pretty good on Thursday. Don't know why they didn't play the game then. <laughs> Would have been a lot more of a pleasant day at the ballpark. But, hey, nevertheless, they got the game in. They won the game. And I guess that's all you're concerned yourself with. If you're the Metropolitans, you get to see Senga out there a little bit later on this afternoon uh, for the second home game of the season. And the Yankees, you know, bullpen let one get away yesterday. Back and forth affair against the Baltimore Orioles and Baltimore's home opener. And, look, you're not going to win them all. You know, the O's are not the punching bag they used to be. But, you know, when you see what happened with the Yankees yesterday and you see Clark Schmidt go out there and struggle again like he did yesterday afternoon, you're reminded of the fact that, boy, when it comes to some of these starting pitchers that the Yankees have on the shelf right now, you need them back in the rotation. You need Severino to get healthy. You need Carlos Rodon to get healthy. And, you know, it sounds like that that could be happening in the not-too-distant future, which is certainly some welcome news because even though baseball is a long season, you don't want to get yourself into any of these bad habits and dig yourself too early of a hole in any way and have to rely upon guys who, in a perfect scenario, you're not going to be relying on over the course of a long season here. So you got a lot of baseball stuff. We'll get into the football latest as well. A little bit later on, we'll keep you up to date. They're still finishing round two at the Masters because weather interrupted things yesterday, falling trees interrupted things yesterday, and at at least so far this morning, we haven't had any uh, incidents with nature down there at Augusta National, which is good. But Tiger's still trying to finish his uh, second round. He's two over for the tournament. He's even barred through 14 today, just trying to see if he can make that cut line and continue playing on into the weekend. And, you know, you might be looking at a Monday finish this year because rain is in the forecast down there. It does not look promising at all. So we'll keep one eye on the golf as we move forward here through the course uh, of the morning on this Saturday. But let's start it off here with the basketball because we only have a couple more days left in the NBA regular season. 
Knickerbockers are going to wrap things up tomorrow. Same with the Brooklyn Nets. And both of these teams are going to be going to the playoffs. And, you know, we kind of knew that for a while. But now officially we know where they're going to be headed. Knicks are going to be going to Cleveland. Nets are going to be going to Philadelphia. Nice little bus ride down the turnpike for their first round series. And, look, different expectations, of course. And when you look at it with the Knicks, look, they lost last night to New Orleans. Okay, no harm, no foul. It happens. You know, it was a fairly competitive game considering who the Knicks dressed last night or who they didn't dress, to put it more specific there. And, you know, Brunson sat out again. Randall sat out again. You gave Mitchell Robinson a night off because you want to make sure that these guys are as healthy as possible once this thing gets underway coming up next weekend. And we don't have the official schedule yet as to when this is going to start, but you figure Saturday, Sunday, one of those days, because the playing tournaments are going to go Wednesday through Friday in the NBA. So by the time you get to the weekend, you figure you're going to be off and running, you know, however the way the uh, league feels fit to schedule it. But, you know, when you look at this team right now, and you look at everything that they've accomplished so far this season. I mean, 47 wins. You still got one more to go. Whether they beat Indiana tomorrow or not, who knows? Indiana's going to play nobody. The Knicks are going to play nobody. So it's going to be, you know, a nice little party there at Madison Square Garden. If you got tickets on an Easter Sunday, you go hang out. And, you know, you kind of use it as a celebration, right? Celebrate the, the regular season that it's been for the Knicks and how they've probably overachieved and played above their heads in relation to what you thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season. And I think, to me, that's the overwhelming takeaway here, right? When you look at this team and everything that they've done, you know, I don't know if we sat here at the beginning of the year and thought that this team would win between 45 and 50 games. You hope they might have. Right in a perfect world, you kind of said to yourself, boy, if this breaks right, if this breaks right, you know, Knicks could be pretty good. And they are pretty good. When healthy, when everybody's out on the court doing their thing, they are pretty good. And the head coach deserves a lot of credit for that. I know everybody likes to beat up on the head coach. And as soon as things go south, mark my words, I was saying this all throughout the week. As soon as things go south, they're going to pin this back on the head coach. That's always how it goes. Because it seems like, you know, Nick fans, they have a hot cold relationship when it comes to Tibbs. Right? He's a genius when they're winning. But when they're not winning, when this guy's not playing enough, it's like he's the guy you point to. You know, he's got to be the whipping boy. He's the guy that can't relate to the young players. He's the guy that doesn't know how to use his bench, and he doesn't utilize it properly enough, and his rotation is too short, and blah, 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 blah. You know what? Knicks aren't where they are right now without Tom Thibodeau. That's the big takeaway here more than anything else. Give the guy some credit. Now, he was good enough to be the coach of the year in the NBA a couple of years ago. Everybody loved him. And then as soon as that playoff series happened, it's almost been like open season whenever it's convenient on Tom Thibodeau, which I think is totally, totally unfair. Totally. And now you're in a situation where if you're the NBA at the beginning of the year and you were trying to forecast, okay, what playoff matchups would be the most appealing to the fans out there? Clearly, with everything that went on during the offseason with Donovan Mitchell and the rumors that tied him to the Knicks and the interest that the Knicks had in him when he was still a member of the Utah Jazz and maybe ponying up draft picks players, whoever it was, to see if they can bring him back home to New York. Well, it didn't happen. He ends up going to Cleveland and the Knicks double down and re-sign R.J. Barrett. Okay, fine. But yet here we are, 4-5, round one. Knicks are there, Cleveland's there, and Donovan Mitchell is there. And let's get this thing going next weekend. And here's the beauty of it. I don't care how you want to look at this thing, and I don't care how big of an optimistic Knicks fan you are, 
and how confident you are about this team and how you feel about the players and this and that. If you want to look at this thing objectively, if you don't have a dog in the fight, Knicks got a chance to win this series. I think they get a good chance to win this series. Now, a lot of it, though, is going to hinge on the status of Julius Randle. He's got to be capable. He's got to be healthy. Because if you don't have – I mean, look, we know he's not going to be 100%. He's not. So you can rule that out here completely. But if Julius Randle is not at a level where he can go out there and at least, you know, play through the issues that, are, that he's dealing with right now with the ankle. And, look, we haven't heard from him in a while. We don't know the status. And the Knicks aren't going to sit there and willingly give you any sort of updates because they're going to keep this thing as quiet as possible because they don't want to give the Cavaliers any sort of an advantage in this series. He's got another week to rest up. You know that he's probably going through treatment around the clock, trying to make sure that he can get that thing as good as possible to where he's going to be able to go out there and carry this club because that's what he's going to have to do here. You know, the Knicks aren't beating the Cavaliers if one of their best players is not at their best. If you have a diminished version of Julius Randle, if you have a diminished version of Jalen Brunson, guess what? It's going to be a quick exit in this series, right? I mean, it's probably going to mirror something like we saw a couple of years ago when they play the Atlanta Hawks, which was a huge disappointment in that first round. But the Knicks are a better team, too, than that one a couple of years back. Brunson's presence alone, presence alone. Think about how valuable he's been and how much of a slam dunk signing that was for this basketball team during the offseason. And when you think about the options that they now have to work with on this team, I mean, roster-wise, you've got Brunson, you've got Randall, if healthy. The emergence of Emmanuel quickly off the bench. Quentin Grimes and how he's come along here. Oh, by the way, R.J. Barrett, even though he made the same amount of three-pointers as I did last night. Josh Hart and what he's been able to give you off the bench and how he has fit this team to a T. You guys know how much I talk about Josh Hart. Love the acquisition. Love it. Slam dunk for Leon Rose. You put all these pieces together, Knicks could go toe-to-toe with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, look, I'm not going to sit here and try to convince you and fool you into thinking that the Knicks are, you know, going to make a run to go to the NBA Finals this year. That's not realistic. They're not at that point yet. Because when you look at the Eastern Conference alone, Milwaukee, Boston, Philadelphia, those three teams are on a different level than anybody else. And if you ask me, I actually think Milwaukee and Boston are on, like, level one. Then you have Philadelphia, who's on level 1A, level 2, whatever you want to call it. Then you've got the other teams. And you can throw Cleveland and the Knicks into that mix. And then Brooklyn, I think, is another step down after that. But we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Point being... Why can't the Knicks win this series? Really? Why can't they beat the Cleveland Cavaliers? Now, you know what you don't want to have happen if you're a Knicks fan? You don't want Donovan Mitchell to go crazy, right? Because if he goes out there, not only just beats you, but averages like, you know, 35 a game in doing so, it's going to leave you with an awful taste in your mouth going into the offseason. Awful even though it'll probably force this front office to go out there and make more moves and bring in some more star power and realize that, hey, we got to get better, not only to just compete for a championship, but to compete with some of these teams, maybe in the upper half of the Eastern Conference. But let's worry about the offseason when we get there. Right now, let's embrace this, because it really hasn't been that many times over the last 10 years where we could sit here and say, you know what? 
We're approaching mid-April. And next week, you got a Nick game. Next week, you got a playoff series. And you know what? Throw the Nets in there, too. You got the Nets. Local basketball in this city, both in the postseason. Times are good. And, you know, we're getting a little bit greedy here in New York, right? It's not just the basketball teams. All the hockey teams are going to be in the playoffs, too. Well, Islanders got to wrap it up here, but I think they will. Life is good if you're a New York sports fan. Might be getting even better soon, too, if Jets and the Packers can actually get down to business and complete this Aaron Rodgers trade, which, look, we'll talk about it later. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Not moving off my stance, nor should you. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. A lot of stuff to get to on this Saturday morning. When we come back, though, we'll take your calls, and specifically about the Knicks. I'll throw this question out there to you guys. Let's say the Knicks can't get the job done against Cleveland. Would you call this season a failure if you lose to the Cavaliers in round one, given the opponent, given the guy who is on that other team and how easily he might have been wearing a Nick uniform? Would it be a failure if you don't find a way out of that best of seven? Dan Gross's show, we're back with you here on a Saturday morning, rolling till noon. On 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. And I swear it was colder this morning than it was all week long when I was getting up at, you know, 4 o'clock in the morning leaving the house to come in and do the show. So, but it's supposed to be like 80 degrees by the end of next. Like, this upcoming week is fantastic, they say. 70s, going to hit 80. Is that it? We get right in spring? Like, it's happening right here, moving? Good. I'm in. I sign up. I'll take it. I will take it wholeheartedly. Talking Knicks. All right, so if it doesn't work out for them this week, Well, not this week, next couple of weeks. And they can't beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. Is it a complete and utter failure this season? I know a lot of people seem to feel that way. I can't. I really and truly can't. Because I still think there's more good than bad. Now, even if they go out there and get swept, even if they go out there and Donovan Mitchell just goes crazy off in this series, I still can't bring myself to say that this season they didn't accomplish, you know, at least something in terms of taking the next step towards getting this organization back to being a championship level. Jalen Brunson alone 
makes this a successful season. Seriously. Think about how much of a hit that free agent signing was. Look at his old team, the Dallas Mavericks, and what an embarrassment they are. And we'll get into them in just a little bit, especially the stunt they pulled last night. And the fact that you got Mark Cuban bellyaching this week, that Jalen Brunson's father is the reason why Jalen Brunson left the Mavericks. I mean, think about, think about having to stoop to that level, right? If you're going to say a player's parent, I don't care what job he has, I don't care what team he's coaching for, the player's parent is the reason why he signed with a certain team. Like, you're actually going to get on him for that? Oh, my gosh. I'll tell you. Mavericks are going to be a great reality show come the offseason because God knows what direction that franchise is going to be in. You know what's going to watch, – watch this end up for Dallas. They're going to go all in and give Kyrie a max contract because they're going to feel obligated to. And then Luka's going to become so disenfranchised, he's going to request a trade and they're going to have to move Luka. Watch that happen. And then you're going to slowly but surely watch that franchise burn to the ground. And you think Jalen Brunson is watching this thing from afar, thinking to himself, oh, yeah, I made the wrong choice. <laughs> come, come on. Come on. Oh, my goodness. But no. Not going to be a failure. No way, no how. I don't care what happens in this series. Not hearing it. All right, let's go to the phones. Marvin in the Bronx is going to be our leadoff hitter here on this Saturday morning. Marvin, how we doing? What's up, D? First Mark. of all, no, no pun intended because of the season. This season's been a resurrection of what's going on in the last 10 years. There you go. You see what and Marvin just consider- did there? He combined the holiday with the sports. See, Marvin, Marvin's a genius. That's why. <laughs> no pun intended. Look, <laughs> after what's gone on in the last decade with the Knicks and the fans ought to leave Thibodeau and go because Thibodeau, because I knew him personally, is in the realm of red hosing to me. I mean, I think the Knicks are going in the right direction, and if they get swept, I'll still think that. You know, after what's gone on the last five or six years, come on. Come on, right? And I think it'll be a close – I think it'll be a good series, and there's always that six-man in the crowd at the Garden. And um, I'm looking forward to what's going on in the future. I know I'm, sound, I'm sounding like um, like overjoyed or uh, 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 euphoric, but – um, you know, having been a Knicks fan since 1967, I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly, and this is definitely not the ugly. Well, I mean, forget about 1967, Marv. I mean, what have you been a Knicks fan since 2007? Like, like, like what good have you had from this basketball team? Not you know what much. I mean? <laughs> not much. And, Dan, I want to wish you a happy holiday and everything. And It's great always talking to you. And you always flatter me too much because I'm not all that. But uh, I appreciate how, you, how, you, how you treat me. Marv, same to you and yours, my friend. Happy holidays to you, and we'll talk to you soon. There's our good buddy Marvin in the Bronx there. Let's say hi to Spike at St. Pete. He's up next here on 98.7. Spike, good morning. How are you? I'm terrific. I'm terrific. And I echo Marvin's feelings, too. If I was uh, able to get reborn again, give me his voice. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) We'll all take that one. I've had the privilege of talking to him personally off the air. had a nice phone call. He's really a bright guy. He's got a lot of master's degrees and he's a loving grandfather. Great guy. Great guy. Anyway, here we go with my, you know this from when you worked the morning shift uh, the other day, but the audience has come in and out. Cleveland presents one problem to me is that their guards, all three of them, Mitchell Garland and uh, Levert, all shoot in the high 30s. I haven't checked it, but I'm pretty sure they're close to 40 or 30% from three. The Knicks have done a little bit better closing out. Uh, 
I think, as I told you with Rick the other morning, they better win it in six because, uh, again, unequivocally, Donovan Mitchell will be the best player on the, on the floor. I don't expect any uh, argument on that, but it's not even arguable. He will be the best, and it's about 80%, 78%, seven games you know, on the road. But Beers have made, and it's have shown a propensity to play really good ball on the road and defensively, and their low turnover, high rebound team. They won't out-rebound Cleveland. I'll take it right now. And one more thing. Uh, like I said, rebounding, if they wash on rebounding with Cleveland, I think the Knicks have a pretty good chance because the Knicks guards, you know, Hart and Grimes are going to get up in the grill of these guys. Not going to stop them from scoring, but they'll make them work on the defensive side more, more Grimes than anybody else. And last point is, look, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm always stuck on Milwaukee, you know, Sands injuries with Middleton last year. I think they would have won. We'll never know. But uh, I st- still think they stick out and Dan for the life of me. You know, I know my hoops pretty well. I, I mm-hmm. can't figure the West. And Mark Cuban got away for 800 or 600 grand. That's in his uh, glove box in his car and coins. You know, he's uh, that's that's BS. They should take the draft pick away for doing that. It was blatant. It was insulting. And not because the Knicks will lose the 11th pick. You could get nothing at 11. When I see Frank Milikina play 33 minutes, I know there's trouble in River City. Well, I mean, think about this, though. And, Spike, thanks a lot for the phone call. You, you could say the 11th pick, it's not all that and, and, and these things, but it depends on what you do with the pick, right? It depends on what you do with it. I mean, let's not, we're sitting here talking about Donovan Mitchell this and Donovan Mitchell that. Remember, Donovan Mitchell fell all the way to number 13 once upon a time. You could still get value at that point in the draft, but you just have to utilize the pick properly. And, look, here's the thing about Dallas and, and the stunt that they pulled. You can't point the finger at them and say that they're the only culprits and they're the only ones committing these tanking crimes around the NBA. I mean, what happens around the sport? You want to blame somebody, you blame the guy who's running the league, the one who allows it to happen because it's a culture. That's what the NBA has kind of realmed into. Half the damn sport, it seems like, is not even trying. Now, think about the steps that have been taken over the years. All right, we got a play-in tournament. Let's implement that. That's going to try to encourage teams to go out there and try to make the playoffs and not tank to try to get into the lottery and have all these other systems and blah, 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 blah. Okay, that's great. But look at some of the stuff that's been happening across the sport just in the last couple of weeks and how these teams are approaching it. Like like, 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 think about Dallas for a second. Okay, you've got on your team, all right, their fate is sealed. They're done now. But let's even just go back a week ago when there was still a possibility for them to make the playoffs, okay? You got two of the, on their best day, 15 best players in the NBA. I'm being generous when I say 15, all right? And you mean to tell me that you couldn't find a way as topsy-turvy and as up and down as this season was, you couldn't find a way to sneak into the top 10 in the Western Conference? You couldn't find a way to even finish above a team like Oklahoma City? Remember Oklahoma City at the beginning of the year? They were going to be dreadful. Like, Oklahoma City was literally setting up for a tank. And then they lost Chet Holmgren before the season even started, their first-round pick. And they stockpiling all these draft choices and they're playing for the future. And Dallas couldn't even find a way to finish ahead of those guys. And then even a week or so ago, when they were only a game out or a half game out or whatever it was, they still couldn't find a way to win games. And without giving it the old college try, Dallas said to themselves, you know what? 
yeah, it's been a big failure. Yeah, we couldn't even make the playoffs with Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to tank. Because we figure that even if we do make the playoffs, and even if we find a way to sneak in as the 9 or the 10 or whatever it is out West, we don't have enough confidence in our team to be able to go out there and even do anything. So what's the message? Let's tank. I mean, how does that reflect favorably on the NBA? Like when Adam Silver sees that and the crap that Dallas has pulled here over the last few days, how do you think it makes him feel? How is he going to then go out there and talk to people with a straight face and like what's happening in his league? See, the problem with the NBA is you've got two or three teams and you've got – you know, a handful of superstars that are still doing things the right way and still bring way more positivity than negativity to the league, and they become almost like the shining beacons for the sport. And then that overcompensates for all the crap that you have going on in the bottom realms of this league. But this has been going on way too long, and it's not even just stuff that happens at the end of the regular season. I mean, this is the message all throughout the year. Load management, load ma- you know what load management is? Load management is like the foundation, the seed of this tanking you get later in the season. Because if you're not trying to win a game, whether it's, you know, the 17th or the 38th or the 49th game of the regular season and you're going to sit half your starting lineup, well, then how is that going to translate over the course of an 82-game season? Now, that being said, if I look at it on a case-by-case basis and I look at the Mavericks last night and what they did, It's actually a smart move. Now, the NBA are the ones to blame for allowing them to even have the ability to do something like this, but it's a smart move. I like also how they kept Luka Doncic away from the media after the game last night, right? I know you're the ones making this decision, and he played a quarter last night, and you took him out of the game. Great, but how about let him talk to the media? What are you afraid of? What are you afraid that he's going to say? You afraid that he's going to request a trade to the media right after the game last night? And believe it or not, here's the funny part about it. There's still a small chance that Dallas could lose that pick. Still a tiny chance. Because if Dallas beats San Antonio tomorrow, which I don't think they're going to do. How about that game, right? That's a game that neither team wants to win. San Antonio's still trying to get as many pick-pong balls as possible to give themselves a chance to get Victor. So San Antonio doesn't want to win the game. Dallas doesn't want to win the game. Is anybody going to take a shot? Or are they just going to keep, like, passing the ball back to each other and then dribbling out the shot clock? Like, like how is that game going to work? But if Dallas beats San Antonio tomorrow, they could potentially, could, end up tied with Oklahoma City and Chicago. Because the Thunder have 39 wins. Chicago has 39 wins. Dallas has 38. And then it would take a random draw. If those three teams finish tied, it would take a random draw to determine the draft order, which would potentially put the Mavericks in the top 10 or outside the top 10. And then, of course, crazy things can happen with the lottery, with the ping pong balls to where you actually drop down. But again, small, small chance. But because of the NBA that has been created here, can you really point the finger at the Mavericks and Mark Cuban and the stuff that they've done here over the last couple of days and say that it's bad business? This is what the NBA created. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We'll continue the conversation on the other side. Dan Gross' show. 
We're rolling until noon right here on a Saturday, 98.7 ESPN. I was uh, able to get reborn again. Give me his voice. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Here's Jason Kidd, but he just, I'll tell you, Jason Kidd, you watch, he looks like a beaten man. He's snipping at the media, getting into them. Like, he can't be liking this, right? He probably never thought in a million years that he would be asked to basically go out there and not try to win games. Because a couple of, see, what happened was a couple of days ago, he said, no way, no how, as long as we got a chance, as long as we're still mathematically alive, we're going to play all our guys. We're going to try to win games. And then yesterday gets here, and lo and behold, it's a complete 180 because Mark Cuban, Nico Harrison, the general manager, they told him, it's like, hey, man, we're going to tank. We don't want to make the playoffs. We don't want to give up our first-round pick. So then Jason Kidd's got to go up there and, and, and play the role of good soldier and, and basically say, you know what? The people above me said this is how we're going to do it and shot me down, and here we go. And i got to go out there and try to coach a game that we don't want to win. It's almost like he's going to get penalized if he goes out there and actually tries to win a game. So, Jason Kidd last night, what was the reaction by the players when they found out that they had to sit and they couldn't play? I think uh, just understanding we were fighting for our lives um, and understanding this is the situation we're in. But the organization has made a decision uh, to, to change. And so, um, you know, we, we have to uh, go by that. And that's, you know, just something that uh, happens. Um, and so the guys that are playing, we got to go out there and put our best foot forward. And we talked about that this uh, this afternoon. And the guys that are playing are going to go out to try to play to win. Um, you know, you got to be pros. You can't cheat the game. And so understanding... Uh, um, those guys that are playing are, are out there to win, um, and, and we'll go from there. It's unbelievable. It, it really and true. I mean, say what you want about Jason Kidd. He's a Hall of Fame player, great player, one of the best of all to ever do it at his position. It, it, this can't be easy. Because here's the thing about Jason Kidd, right? Who's to say what this team is going to look like next year first and foremost? What if they completely gut this roster in the offseason? And it might happen. If Luka goes to the front office and says, you know what, I'm tired of this crap. I want out of here. Then Jason Kidd could be coaching a ragtag rebuilding effort next year, which is going to give him no chance to win. And you know what? They always got to point the finger at somebody. And who knows if Jason Kidd is going to be out of a job down the road at some point. This can't be easy at all. Let's say hi to uh, Manny in Flushing. He's going to be up next year on 9870 ESPN. Manny, what's going on this morning? Yeah, it's unfortunate. I also want to ask this. I want if, if some reporter in the media would ask Mark Cuban, in his 20-plus years as an owner, when is the last time that he had a, a marquee free agent that actually comes to the maps? 
Well, I got to think about that one here. I'll tell you this. He yeah. looked like a genius there for a while making the, the Trey Young, Luka Doncic trade on draft night. That one worked out pretty good. Yeah, but, yeah, that's true. That's only like you can say like that. But if you look at the history of Mark Cuban, he, he, I mean, he let, he, let, he let go of guys who will that was contribute to the match success but end up having great careers in their other teams. Steve Nash, two-time MVP in Phoenix, Tyson Chandler, the defensive player of the year and also for the Knicks. And now Jalen Brunson should have been an all-star this year, but he's going to keep his help the Knicks have a fifth seed. I mean, but he, he does have a championship. You know, Manny, they, they did win a championship, right? I mean, and remember, Tyson Chandler was a part of that championship team with the Mavericks. You know, and, 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 yeah. and Dirk Nowitzki was a lifelong franchise player, legendary player in Dallas. He got that ring. I think that if they didn't win that championship, like we could sit here and really – be a lot more critical of, of Cuban and the Mavericks over the last, you know, however long it's been, 20 years plus since he's owned this team. And we lost Manny there. But, uh, you know, g- give them some credit. But what's happened here, remember, and this was only a few years ago, where they made the trade with the Knicks to get Kristaps Porzingis and thought that KP and Luka were going to be like the dynamic duo. And then that obviously didn't work. I mean, we could have told you that one wasn't going to work out because KP can't stay healthy, Right. But, yeah, he's having a hard time trying to surround pieces around Luka and give him, like, uh, you know, a, a Robin to be his Batman. But I don't think if you're a Nick fan or a Net fan, you're crying about that. That's somebody else's problem. Let's say hi to Omar in Brooklyn. He's up next here on 98.7. Omar, good morning. How are you? How are you? Good morning. Two things first uh, before I come to my Knicks. Uh, yes. First, uh, this is the best season in last 25 years I have seen in NBA. This is one team or two to San Antonio Spurs and uh, 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 Dallas Mavericks only for the reason and for the sake of their first-round pick because they have a, a first-round with the Knicks. They have came to realize that and they were tanking last game. Basically, every other game, you don't know that they are flipping fifth, sixth, seventh. The seventh and eighth seeds are playing not to go out of 12th in the Western Conference up to last night. Uh, uh, fifth and sixth seed, they don't want to go into the playing tournament. First and second seeds want their playoff run. This is, has been a, a great, great NBA season. And one out of 30 teams tank one game out of 82. It happens in every game. Uh, NFL, people tank to get a number one overall pick. so Not to this uh, extent, uh, though. Not to this extent. What about the Portland Trailblazers? Portland called off the dogs a couple of weeks ago. They were right there knocking on the door. How about the Utah Jazz? Utah Jazz did the same thing. They said, we don't want to make the play-in tournament, and they shut everybody down a couple of days ago. They didn't have the chance. They went on to 42 losses when they said they were trying. They lost to Brooklyn Nets on a a last possession. Up to that time, they were playing to their maximum, wanted to win that game for the last possession of the game. After that, they have hardly had a chance to be be in the play-in tournament. But they They still had a chance, though, Omar. They still had a chance. Look, here's the problem, though. There's but the two playing ma- tournament is rather than the playoff playing tournament, then uh, you then last season two or three years ago before the playing tournament, they were tanking 15 or 20 games before. That has come closer and almost comes to a shutdown. Secondly, five players I name after this at this off season that mm-hmm. will be available that are called superstars in this league, and they have no chance to win. Uh, the NBA title this year, and everybody called them the superstars. Quiet Leonard will be available. 
Paul George will be available, Luka Danovic will be available, Kyrie Irving will be available, and uh, what is the fifth one? Uh, these are the five, uh, four players, the fifth one. You think Dame Lillard's going to you think Dame Lillard's going to be available? Damien Lillard is going to be traded. He's not going to ask for a trade because he's very loyal to his country, but he will ask for a trade. Uh, The franchise will go to him and say, you are 34 years old. We'd rather give it to the team that you have a chance to win. We don't think we can win. So if we want to trade you, and he will, okay, that's a different thing than going to a management and say, I want to be traded. That's a totally different thing. Right, so the management doesn't want him because he's 33 years old, and they can get the picks and uh, a lot of picks for a superstar who, who still can play this uh, in this league and can uh, uh, be a main scope in a, a, a championship team. So I, I don't think you can. Come, he will be available. He may be available. Uh, I don't know what Portland is going to do, but these are the five players uh, that will be available, and all of them are called superstars, and their team uh, uh, is no chance to go to the NBA final. Maybe Clippers uh, has a little bit of chance, but I, I hardly doubt it. And then uh, you tell me about the Lakers. Uh, oh, they, they didn't tank. They went for it because of LeBron James and Anthony Davis playing his effort off, and they can be in a playing tournament, and they may go into the uh, first round. Well, and the Lakers, I, the I mean, Omar, that's not a good Omar, that's not a good example, though. And I thank you for the phone call. The Lakers, I mean, you can't use the Lakers as an example. You have a LeBron James on your team. You're not going to tank, you know? They're just old and rickety, and that's their problem. You know, you got you got LeBron who's sitting there trying to preserve as much basketball as he possibly can in that body, you know, and hang around the league long enough so where he could play games with his son. And you got Anthony Davis who, you know, when he wakes up in the morning and, and, and goes outside to get the newspaper, you know, he could suffer an injury and miss four months. That's the problem with the Lakers, who, by the way, could be dangerous in these playoffs if these two guys can actually go out there and take the court each and every game. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. Take a quick time out, come right back. More of your calls, Dan Grasso Show, till noon on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's give credit where credit's due here and give a little shout out to the Nets for making the playoffs. Seriously, not just making the playoffs, but managing to finish above the play-in tournament. You know, I wrote them off just like a lot of people did once they decided to gut this thing with KD and Kyrie, even though it made a hell of a lot of sense, you know, given everything that transpired here. But if you think about... This season for the Nets, it's almost gone through like four different stages. Like you still had that little brief Steve Nash part of it at the beginning where it was a complete and utter disaster. You forget that Steve Nash even like was the coach of the Nets this year. That's how crazy long the season has been. 
And then you had Kyrie going through his whole thing with the suspension from the Amazon and, and the film review. And then you had them actually get back out on the basketball court together and play well and win some games. And then you had everything fall apart once again, and Kyrie wanted to get out of here, and then they traded him, and then they traded away Kevin Durant, and then it took them a while to kind of get all their bearings together, integrating all the new pieces. And then they found a way to win enough games to be able to keep their head above water, and voila, here they are. They got 45 victories, which is, by the way, more than they won last year when they had those guys on their team. So give Jock Vaughn a hell of a lot of credit, seriously. And I know I take a lot of shots at the Nets and have some fun with them here and there, but, you know, they should be commended. They could have easily just packed this thing in. Like, we're sitting here getting on a lot of teams, you know, for not even trying to win. Nets could have taken that approach. And you know what? At the time, you might have thought that it was even the wiser approach for them to do. But try to make the playoffs. And look, they don't have a great shot against Philadelphia. We all know that. But the fact that they're in, the fact that they're trying to go out there and actually, um, gee, how can I say this? try to win basketball games like you're supposed to do in professional sports? Give credit to everybody in that organization, really and truly. Let's say hi to Anthony in the mail truck. He's up next here on 98.7. Anthony, good morning. How are you? Dan, good morning, my brother. How are you? Anthony, outstanding. What's going on? Big, big shout-out to the company. Um, for, I, I, got, I got three quick things. Yeah. First and foremost, you were phenomenal this week. Um, you know, you made me laugh all week. You did great filling in for Dave. Um, so, great job on that. Appreciate it. We have um, fun with those guys. Commissioner Rob. Yeah, Manfred. no, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what I want to say about the Dallas Mavericks, I can't say on the radio. So, I'll leave it at that. Um, and my third thing is Stephen A. Schmidt has to stop with this whole failure thing. It, it, it'll be a slight disappointment for me. But let's be honest, Dan. What did all of us Knicks fans say in the beginning of the season? Let's get into at least the play-in and then see what happens. Now you see the emergence of IQ. You see, you know, the, the heavy turnaround of Julius Randle from last year where he was, you know, public enemy number one. And, you know, you've got R.J. Barrett, who really hasn't done anything this year. But, you know, it's kind of, um, you know, IQ's taken taken a little bit away from that. Jalen Brunson's taken a little bit away from that. It's kind of like, um, you know, I, I like to uh, uh, equivalent it to, like, the Yankees with Volpe. And, you know, if the Yankees win and Volpe struggles, like, no one's really going to talk about Volpe. And obviously, no one should be talking about him. He's a 21-year-old kid playing in the, in the best city in the world, you know, playing baseball and, uh, you know, playing the, the position that Derek Jeter used to play for 20 years, 20-plus years. So, you know, that's all I got to say, Dan. I appreciate you taking the phone call, brother. Have a happy Easter. Have a happy holiday. You take care, my man. Same to you, Anthony. Good stuff there. And, and, and look, I think Anthony hit him right in the head. And it's some of the same things we were saying earlier in the show, right? I mean, you think about all the good that's come out of the season. Forget about collectively, right? Just from an individual case-by-case basis, think about some of the guys on this team and what they gave you this year, right? Starting with Jalen Brunson, to me, that's first and foremost. One of the best free – it's going to be one of the best free agent signings potentially that we've ever seen in a city. Forget about the Knicks. Forget about New York basketball. In the city, any professional sports team, if he continues on this path. And you know what? Four years, what did they pay him? A hundred-something million, 106, whatever it was. That's a bargain. That's going to look like a bargain what they got this guy for. And, oh, yeah, because his dad is a coach on the team, you know, Mark Cuban, please. Randall, back to being Randall. I said at the beginning of the year, you might have remembered, 
if you could get a bridge version of Julius Randle, not the all-star comeback player of the year two years ago, but not the guy who was a disaster last year and it was sulking and looked disinterested and looked like he didn't want to be a part of things, if you could get somewhere in the middle, I think it would be good enough. And you've gotten even better than that guy from a couple of years ago. Grimes taking another step. The Josh Hart acquisition. Emmanuel quickly up in his game even more so. All right, R.J. Barrett, a year older. He's got, you know, financial security with the contract. On and on and on down the list. I mean, there have been so many guys that have flashed already this year to where, like, hey, this is going in the right direction. And I know I keep belaboring this point about Tom Thibodeau, but don't you think the coach deserves some credit for this? You think these guys just wake, you know, woke up in the morning one day at the beginning of the season, rolled out of bed, and, and, and this is the players that they are? Like, the coach doesn't get any part in helping develop these players? Of course he does. Jose in Brooklyn up next, 98.7. Jose, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning, Mr. Granza. How's it going? Jose, things are great. What's going on with you? Oh, I'm doing I'm doing great as well, and I just wanted to answer your question. I don't think that it would be a failure if we lost in the first round. I think that this was a complete success where, you know, I was hearing, you know, I, I remember hearing before the season when the trade didn't go down for Donovan Mitchell, Brian Windhorst and Alan Hahn were talking about this team being an 11 seed, and we far exceeded that expectation and we need um, with all, like you said, with all the emer- um, emerging players like Quentin Grimes, um, sorry, um, Emmanuel Quickly, um, Grimes, and also um, I want to say uh, even RJ still showing that he can inconsistently show 19 with taking a step back to Brunson and everybody else. It's really been a a, a successful season where we can actually, you know, have pieces to trade off if we need, if we needed to. Well, and not only that, Jose, and thanks for the phone call. Do you really think that this front office and this organization is just going to, let's say, run it back essentially with the same team next year and not try to even bring in more pieces or another, let's say blue chip superstar type player to be able to take this thing a step further you can't just rely on the young players to develop and 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 take that next step no they're going to try to incorporate even more talent as they should that's ultimately what the goal is it's trying to get to that top top part of the eastern conference not where they are right now they're on like that kind of tier two tier three level you got to get to that top level you got to be where milwaukee and boston is at and i don't think the talent base is here necessarily to make that happen come next year we'll keep this conversation going on the other side plus We'll get into the football. You know, we're talking about these scenarios and these hypotheticals. I got one for you involving the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. We'll talk that to start hour number two. Dan Gross' show till noon right here on 98.7 ESPN. Commissioner Rob Manfred. 